You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 20th, episode 3268, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. And I have a lot of hassling planned for today. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Actually, we're going to have a fun show for you today. We're going to get really geeky in the Daily Doze Health Report talking about equine meniscal injuries. Actually, well done. Jamie's going to get geeky. I'm going to tune out. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk to Teresa's coming on to talk to us about Equus Fest East. There was a comment in the auditor room about how people scream in their cars when I pronounce things wrong. Mm-hmm. And this entire day is meant for that. I think that I think that Ashley plans these things so I pronounce things wrong. Equus Fest East is just hard to say. That but, is hard. Yeah. And it's in New Paltz. New York. So there you go, too. Fortunately, I have some easy names in the birthdays today. And we're going to do a post show for you today, but we have no idea what that's going to be about. We'll let you know later. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to wish Cheese, the, uh, the, the news keeps on coming here. I wanted to wish our best to Lindsay Partridge, found out yesterday mm-hmm. morning that she, and she's been a guest on our show and is a big fan favorite w- with, our, with our listeners. Um, and she took a bad spill at a, I think in Pennsylvania, at a Mustang uh, competition. Uh, and fortunately, Lindsay is one of those that always wears a helmet. And apparently she has a traumatic brain injury. So without that helmet, who knows? Uh, but she's in the ICU. Uh, we learned yesterday that she was up and took a few walks, uh, and her scans are showing improvements. Uh, hopefully, she'll be out of the ICU within two days. Um, so they did say that she has a traumatic brain injury. It will take time to heal. Her pain is extreme, and she is very frustrated with being confined to her bed. If she's frustrated for being confined to her bed, she's feeling better. So that that always makes me happy. That's not true. Horse chicks will do whatever. <laughs> Nobody ever follows a doctor's orders (laughs) and when you're on icu they pretty much have you handcuffed so uh but that's good sign she's awake yeah and uh we're wishing her and her family the best they have started a gofundme now she's canadian you know phil was canadian and he fortunately had you know national health care but she was in pennsylvania Oh, boy. I don't know what happens then. So they did. She's going to have medical bills. So they did start a GoFundMe, and I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes and our best to her. Uh, I just talked to her not too long ago, too. So, uh, Lindsay, we're thinking about you, and uh, we're hoping you're out. She has two little, little, two little kids. We're hoping that you're with your family shortly. Let's do some daily winnies. Two 
auditors have birthdays today, Kelly Portner and Jody Hawk. Happy birthday to both of you. We have no new auditors, though. So if you're thinking about joining up, go to horsesinthemorning.com, click on the auditor banner, and you too can join the party. Ashley and I are making a new show announcement in the auditor room by video today. We do all kinds of extra stuff for the auditors, and we give them happy birthdays. So if you want to do that, just head on over to horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner. Well, I was sent this story in weird news, but I wanted to just discuss it with you. Did you hear about Disney World having to shut down? I did. It was all over the news here in Florida, believe me. Okay, tell me a little bit about what what it was like being in Florida hearing this news about Disney World having to be shut down. Well, first, I thought it was a prank. So I had to like look at multiple news sources to make sure it was real. Uh, and apparently it was real. Uh, now, they didn't shut the whole of Disney World down, just part of the Magic Kingdom. You, you know, they like to eat snacks, too. <laughs> but what? I mean, seriously, there's like 15,000 hours it takes to get through all the security and all the things. <laughs> I mean, it is so hard to get just in the parking lot. You've got to go through the tick turnstile gates and pay the 40. Like, how did nobody intercept a bear? Before it made its way into the actual park. Like, how did it get there? Well, there's a lot of woods still around Disney World, and I think he just came from the woodside in the back. Um, Well, I'm going to start going in that way. Across the train tracks. (laughs) And, uh, you know, maybe he likes churros, too. So, for those who don't know, an adult female black bear was spotted in a tree in Magic Kingdom on Monday morning. Now, here's where the story took a turn where I needed to talk to you about it. So, they ended up, the staff ended up capturing the animal somehow. Apparently, they the, the video surveillance from up above, like a helicopter or something, captured all these people carrying it out on a tarp. Okay, so maybe they had they the wranglers it. from, yeah, the the animal park come over. Yeah, and probably had Animal Kingdom it. people come over. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, we need you. This is what you've been training for. <laughs> so they get it, and do you know where they took it? To they took Kingdom? it to your house. No, they, <laughs> they did? <laughs> they took it to Ocala National oh Forest. Oh my god. <laughs> to so. add it to the collection of bears, you know, we've in the back of our neighborhood here in Marion Oaks, uh, they're all, if you have ring cameras, you're kind of on an app where you can see other people can post the ring cameras. And there have been bears like crazy eating the trash in the back of the community, coming right up on porches, knocking on doors, wanting to get in. So, so it sounds like they said they closed more than a dozen rides and attractions <laughs> on Monday morning. Imagine you're like that guy waiting in line. You're like, uh, you know what? You're probably safer in the ride, but they close the rides. What do they think the bear is going to like hop on the small world ride and like <laughs> take a look? You know, I think I'm safer in here than I would be out just in the They mingling. just didn't want people seeing, seeing uh, them tranquilizing it with a rifle. Um, uh-huh, probably. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't bring it over to Animal Kingdom. No, they didn't take it right to the animal park next door. They took it to your house, <laughs> okay, to thanks. Ocala National Forest. Well, we need more bears up here. Yeah, There's a lot I'm of sure. them right now that are being spotted everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so the bears are on the move, and apparently there's a growing population around Ocala. So yeah, it's growing. It did you see the, it grew Monday? Did you see the pic, uh, video we did of our land, which is right beside the uh, Gothi Forest with the bears? So what might be. There might be some of those visiting, too. 
You're going to have to lock up your trash. <laughs> so we didn't get a chance the other day. We have a few minutes here before our first guest. We didn't get a really chance the other day because of the whole Phil thing to talk about what's going on in your horse world. What I know you had some on? updates for us. Well, I know that I can tell you a little bit about um, my clinic, which is awesomely full. Um, so I start the clinic October 2nd and been chatting. And two of the people coming to the clinic are auditors. And one is a listener and the other one found out about me uh, via Monty Roberts' website. So I'm excited. One of the women is actually bringing her own horse, which will be a very unique special set of challenges that I was like, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be able to use your horse in the clinic, but like I'll work on it while you're here. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And then as far as horses go, I, I had a situation, um, and I can't go into it extensively, but you know, there's, I think there's a lot of trainers who will, somebody brings you, okay, I'll give you the story. So somebody brought me a horse and I was like, yes, I could do something with this horse. They booked 30 days. I could do something with this horse in 30 days, but not much. And also in 30 days, if you take the horse back, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. So it was a situation where it was a young, um, highly reactive three-year-old bordering on not aggressive, but it was a, it was a, a young three-year-old whose default was to jump on top of the handler. Oh, that's now, always safe. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really fun. Uh, so, um, <laughs> All five foot two of Jamie. <laughs> it's in the trailer and it was a small, uh, Arab actually. So it gets, I go to get it out of the trailer and I turn it around in the trailer and I step down and I'm off to the side and she just cowabungas like on top of me. Now, I fortunately was waiting for something. I'm always, I'm usually in the right place, uh, hopefully. Uh, so she didn't get me too bad. But then I took her in the barn and probably three or four times she ran into me. And it was discussed whether, you know, you train wild Mustangs. How come, you know, this one's so difficult? And I was like, because wild Mustangs are easier than this horse. Like wild Mustangs default is not to jump on top of you. No, it is to, to run town. away yeah. <laughs> to leave. So it was a really challenging horse. And I, I spent a couple of days with it. And I just said to the owners, I was like, you know what? Sometimes we end up with a horse that may not be the right horse for us. There might be somebody who is the right horse for this. So she was fortunately, these breeders that bred the horse actually took the horse back, which is amazing. Oh, wow. But uh, it was really hard to co communicate to somebody. I was like, listen, there's a lot of trainers who will take your money and give you a horse in 30 days that you can't do anything with. I was like, but I'm here to tell you in 30 days, if I achieve anything with this horse, I mean, we're, we're talking 10 out of 10 in reactivity and no personal space and all, all that. And can't pick You're up the guy feet. who trains thoroughbreds. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't pick up its feet. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do anything. You can barely catch it. I mean, it was just a tick above feral. Um, and so I just said, you know, I, I think that if you have the option to give it back to the breeder, you should do that because even in 30 days I can pocket your money, but I'm going to hand you back a horse that you really need to spend at least an hour with every single day. Number one, you don't have time for that. Number two, you don't have skills for that. And number three, you're going to get hurt. Like 
this horse is dangerous. And here's the thing. If I give them back this horse and they don't do all the things the correct way, which they're not trained to do, I give them back this horse and they don't mess with it for a while. And then they go to bring out the pasture. Then they get hurt. Who does it look bad on? The trainer. So I had to make a decision of like, okay, this is not this is not the right horse for you. And I'm not going to take your money because I don't feel like I'm going to be able to help you enough in 30 days to make this horse something that you are safe around. So that was a, that was a kick in the, in the pants for me, you know, because it was, it was just one of those really heartbreaking situations where just like having to make a decision for the people. And I always tell people I'm a tremendously bad business person. I'm like, here, no, I don't need your money. Take it, take your money back. Just, just, but yeah, whatever. Don't leave the horse here. I'm not going to be able to help you in 30 days. It only booked 30 days. And I'm like, I can't do what needs to be done in 30 days. And I was like, honestly, it would be about a year. (laughs) Thank you for doing that as your co-host and partner and friend. We've had enough of our friends in the hospital here this week. We don't need any more. So I'm very glad you did that. Thanks. Even if I didn't, they would have ended up in the hospital. So I I had to make a decision and, and hopefully, you know, it's tough when, when you're like, why are, because I had to, I had to really convince them of this. And I'm like, why do you pay somebody for their advice and professional advice if you're not going to listen to them? So it was, it was quite a challenging week actually. So uh, enough said about that. And then I had a couple horse and horses come and they just went back to the rescue. And, and here's the thing, y'all there's really sl- adoptions have just screeched to a halt. And so, really, yeah. Yeah. And, and Over so, at the- uh, so she's got a lot of horses piled up over there. She, oh my gosh! And then Turf Paradise, uh, not Turf Paradise. That's in uh, Arizona. Uh, Remington has opened, and that usually means a heavy influx of horses. So she's having to turn down horses. So if you've ever been on the fence, here's the problem that she has. She was like, I, "I'm not going to send any more horses to you right now because at my house at at the rescue." There are too many rideable horses and the volunteers can't keep them all ridden because I've trained so many and got them to where they're rideable and they're good citizens. And then I, I'm now sending them back to her to have the, um, volunteers continue to ride and they don't have enough time to ride all the rideable horses. So if you're looking for a thoroughbred off the track, who is lovely to, to ride contact a horse and hound rescue because they, they need some help. She's trying to save so many horses and, and it's, so the economy's kind of caught up with adoptions at this point. It seems like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then I think two, at least one was returned this week and it was, it's quite a lovely horse. So there, there's a, a good amount of lovely horses. You need horse a horse right now, Oklahoma. Yeah. Horse and hound, Oklahoma, Guthrie. Well, a fall on section of fence can certainly throw a wrench in your day. Aside from the headache and repair bill, it might also allow your horses out and other creatures in. A fence is not unlike the intestinal barrier in this way. It needs to be strong and functional to keep the good bugs in and the bad bugs out. 
But what happens when you have a down section of fence or loosened junctions in the gut lining? Holes or leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in various health and welfare problems. It's not a small problem. Gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses, but there is something you can do about it. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and a positive attitude. For optimal health, ensure your feed includes Clostat, Butapearl ZEQ, and ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Learn more at Chemin.com slash Leaky Gut. That's Chemin, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Leaky Gut. Well, this horse health report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. I would like to welcome to the show Dr. Jose Garcia Lopez, the Associate Professor of Large Animal Surgery at the University of Pennsylvania's New Bolton Center, which is one of the greatest places in the entire country. Hi, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, I understand we are in a time crunch because why? Uh, surgeries are getting ready. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're prepping for surgery and you've taken a couple minutes out of your day to talk to us. Thank you so much. That's much appreciated. We were going to talk to My you pleasure. today about equine meniscal injuries. So tell everybody what that is. Yeah. So not dissimilar to the human athlete, for example, uh, uh, horses do have menisci in, her, in their stifles. And uh, at times, especially with sport horses, in particular, jumper and jumpers and dressage horses, uh, they will suffer uh, different degrees of tears of laceration of the menisci, which result not only in discomfort but potentially significant level of lameness, and uh, you know it can be a threat to their athletic acti- uh, activity. Um, the way that they occur is a little different than what happens in the human athlete, in which uh, in the horse actually the tears appear to occur during the last phase of a, of the stride, meaning during full extension rather than inflection, which is where you see in other species, uh, canine, humans alike. Um, so um, it does bring some different challenges with regards to their management and also the way that these uh, injuries um, occur or the way that they tear because of, you know, the, the tearing is different than what happens in other, in other athletes. So, it happens, like you're saying, the extension phase. So is it common in racehorses? It, it's, it's interesting. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, they do occur in racehorses, but not as much as with sport horses because of the, ex, you know, because of the slow extension that happens with some of the dressage and jumpers and then also the landing and pivoting and that quick turn that uh. they sometimes have to do. Uh, that combination is what appears to create the issue. And part of the issue is that during extension, that meniscus, which is fairly immobile in the horse's stifle, during extension, it does have some dis- some translocation forward or cranially. And that's where sometimes it can get crushed, especially when you extend and you also turn. Okay, gotcha. So it, 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 does it present just as a hind end lameness and you have to just start working your way up? Exactly. So usually we'll present as a hind limb lameness, depending on the grade of injury. It could be anywhere from mild to, you know, a mild lameness that sometimes only the rider can feel. Uh, those are the least severe injuries to ones that are, that the patient is even non-way bearing or toe touching. Uh, so the grading can change, can vary quite a bit, but it gets worked up like any other, uh, lameness evaluation with your physical exam, palpate the joints, and then 
if there's nothing clear on your examination, then you can start doing blocks, either working from the bottom up or going to the joints to try to sensitize and try to identify the lesion. Or so, to sort the joint to then go into your diagnostics. So then it would be an ultrasound once you've kind of linked it to the stifle. Yeah, like the first line of defense is basically doing a combination of ultrasound and radiographs. Just the radiographs just to have a, an idea of the morphology uh, uh, and the bony structure per se. And then the ultrasound to be able to identify not only the menisci, but also the... Uh, uh, other structures within the joint, like the synovial uh, membrane, you can look at the cruciates, you can look at the collateral ligaments and patellar ligaments, etc. So, say you've got a tear in the meniscus, what do you what do you do? Is it stall rest? Is it can you do surgery on it like you do with humans? Yeah, so that's a really good question, and that's actually one of the things that uh, we get asked quite a bit. And uh, you can rest some of the mild injuries. However, some of the challenge that we have with menisci injuries, uh, no dissimilar to what happens again in humans, is that the, the meniscus is basically just think about a pillow that lays between the two bones, the femur and the tibia. Uh, and it helps basically make up for the incongruencies of the a joint. A normal joint is usually a ball and socket type of thing. So you have a concavity and a convexity and they both fit. Mm. A stifle, it's a, a flat structure, which is a tibia, and a round structure that is a femur. So that is not a ball and socket. And in order to kind of make that ball and socket, that's where you have menisci. And the menisci are kind of like these pillows that make up for that curved shape that the tibia does not have to complete that ball and socket, as I mentioned. Um, but the menisci is made of components like collagen within it. So when you tear your meniscus, that collagen gets exposed inside of the joint, and it actually has almost like a foreign body type reaction. So the, the joint responds by making quite a bit of inflammation. Uh, that's why you have so much effusion and thickness and proliferation of the synovial tissue, etc. So hmm. uh, even though you can re, uh, rest it and also do some injections like biologics to try to cool it down, if you have a significant injury, you have not only some uh, a piece of the meniscus that might be mobile and might be irritating because it's not supposed to be mobile like that, but also that exposed tissue creates a vicious cycle of inflammation that can also further deteriorate the joint. So for that reason, uh, when we ultrasound and diagnose them, if it's something that is significant enough, going in there surgically be arthroscopy, in which you do it under general anesthesia, you can actually just uh, put a scope the same way that they would scope your knee, uh, which actually basically we use the same equipment as in the human mm -hmm. orthopedic oh, wow. side. Uh, then you explore it, you identify it, and then you can debride the area that is affected. Um, we do not suture menisci back together uh, for the most part, like sometimes they do in, in humans. Part of it is because of the way that the lesions happens are different because of that extension. Uh, uh, it just creates more of a crushing and tearing versus just a split. Uh, and the other part is also that we need to make sure that our equine patients are weight-bearing right away, which in the human field, when you suture a meniscus, you're going to be non-weight-bearing or non-loading you know, uh -huh. non for a period of time. Yeah, so, my wife had that, Doc, and had the sutures, and she wasn't walking on it for a while. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. So, so fortunately, we don't have to worry too much about that because the configuration of the meniscal tears are different altogether. Uh, so a lot of times it's just basically go in there and then remove what's torn one, because you remove that instability, and then two, you remove all that kind of foreign body effect that you have uh, in there so you can allow then the joint 
to settle, and then you have to go no different than in the human athlete through a level of physiotherapy that sometimes takes mm-hmm. anywhere from six, six to 12 months to be able to build up some of the core musculature and, and, uh, and periligament, periarticular um, uh, musculature to basically be able to, to, uh, to help sustain that stifle and bring it back to health. Oh my gosh, this sounds exhausting. Very <laughs> difficult. It sounds like to me, Doc, if you could just go in there and like in with the arthroscopy, just inject some of that pillow collagen in there and it'll fix it right up. Yeah, that would be great if you can see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doc, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got to go into surgery right now. Um, where can people get a hold of you and learn about New Bolton? Yes, so you can definitely, uh, you know, uh, you can search us. Uh, our webpage is uh, vet.upen.edu. Um, and uh, within that, you can look at the New Bolton Center, and then you can see everything that we're doing here uh, from uh, clinical research and scholarly stuff uh, type work. I mean, you guys have been in the news for all the famous horses, so we appreciate you uh, taking, t- taking the time to talk to us. And have a great day, and good luck in surgery. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Non-GMO whole food nutrition is the basis of the entire Daily Dose Equine program. We never forget that natural is better and simplicity is key. Daily Dose Equine uses non-GMO whole food ingredients like alfalfa, timothy, peas, sunflower seeds, and flax. Daily Dose Equine doesn't use fillers, bulking agents, or leftovers from other industries. So you can feed less yet improve body condition and energy. And our feeds are free from chemical residues and glyphosate. Find the perfect formulation for your horse at DailyDoseEquine.com. Select Daily Dose Equine formulations are available nationwide through Chewy.com and TractorSupply.com. Well, coming up next, we're heading to New York, and we're talking to Teresa Motola from Lucky Star Horsemanship, and we're talking about an event they've been doing up there for a couple of years, and we love highlighting local events. It's called the Equist Fest East, and they called it that, so I would mess it up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Teresa. Hi, how are you this morning? Good. So tell us about Equist Fest East. Wonderful. Well, Equifest East is now in its third year. We've actually expanded it to a two-day event for the first time. Um, it was actually a, a concept created by my partner, Michael Canfield, from Lucky Star Horsemanship, as part of his MBA. So we like to joke that he's a cowboy who could also balance your checkbook. Um, <laughs> Did he get his he MBA? Like, Did he get He has his MBA. Oh, good. Okay. So he developed this idea, um, having worked for Western States Horse Expo, about what the importance of regional, locally focused horse events were and what that contributes to the industry. And so after completing his master's and getting that degree and and doing well on that paper, he said, you know, this is something we should actually put into practice because there are these great national known events that last five days, um, but it's really time consuming and hard sometimes for people to travel to that event to get the full experience of all of the different presenters. So focusing on regional expertise, people who are in um, a horse person's backyard that they can turn to for help with training or lessons and farriers or or, um, equine health really gives them that local connection to experts they can access. So what what kind of uh, things do you do? 
So we have a full day planned of demos and clinics and what we call trainer talk, which are half hour lectures. Um, and they're from multiple disciplines. So we'll do de- uh, demos on training Mustangs and connecting with a Mustang or problem solving, um, gr- the importance of groundwork, proper balance. Um, and then our experts will have things on horse massage or Reiki, um, farrier nutrition, all of those different things are available to folks. And of course, then there's the wonderful shopping that we have. So we'll have tack vendors and Beamer and folks from Neutrina um, so that folks can access all of the different things that they may need, not just for their horse, but for their farm. And then we also focus on the rural lifestyle. So we have wonderful handmade crafts, food vendors, all of those things so that people can come and enjoy a full day. You also have one of my new friends that I met actually at Equine Affair in Ohio, and and we talked last week again, and that's uh, Kaylee Marie uh, and Braveheart Horses talking about liberty and doing liberty performances. Yes, we love her. We actually have met her at several of the expos that we've presented at. We're really impressed with the connection of that. And of course, Liberty is a growing discipline um, that folks are interested in. We actually do a um, beginning uh, groundwork session on, on Liberty and an introduction to that because that's all about connection. And that's really what this event is meant to do. Help people to learn different ways to connect with their horse, to have a better relationship, to consider the horse and all of the different ways they can do that in each discipline. I hope you have a big driveway because she has the longest trailer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, we also <laughs> carry be 50 grounds. feet long. It's like... The Ulster County Fairgrounds is pretty accessible for okay, folks good, horses, which is one of the reasons we picked it because we have been to those barns um, where you can't do a two-horse trailer or a one-horse. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you would never get hers into anything that was small. So so um, also, do, do you need volunteers? Well, where is it at? It's at the Ulster County Fairgrounds. Where is that in New York? So the Ulster County Fairgrounds is in New Paltz, New York, so very centrally located um, in the heart of horse country here in New York. Um, and so it's very easy access off the New York State Thruway. We have, um, as I said, we, we have the big main arena, and then we have uh, a small demo ring where presentations will be ha- happening, and a third building where the lectures will, will take place. So, That's a beautiful um, part of the provide, state, too. It, it really it is. It really is. And it's a beautiful time to be there. So we're in the shat- shadow of the uh, mountains there. People have access to really great food in New Paltz for the day if they want to spend the whole weekend with us. There is trailer and camper parking uh, so folks can come if they want to do a, make it a multi-day event. Oh, cool. But really, again, you know, our our clinicians come from as far as uh, as New Jersey, and then of course Kaylee Marie up in the Northeast. But it's really about being able to access the local clinicians, the local trainers, the local experts that people can rely on to take the best care of their horses. And that's this weekend, September 23rd and 24th at the Ulster County Fairgrounds in New Paltz, New York. It's 10 to 5 both days. As I said, we love highlighting local events. I think they're terrific. I think they're, we need more of them because actually, you know, some of the national events have cut back and are doing less of them. So that I do think we need more of the local ones and good on you guys for doing that. Well, it's really been a, a great uh, run for us with that. We actually were really honored last year that we were voted a top five outdoor event by Hudson Valley Magazine, which is fantastic considering we're only in our third year. Um, and really, you know, the other 
folks were were events like New York Renaissance Festival that have been around for forty years. I've been so there. I'm happy to compete with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big but, one too. So that is a big that draws tens of thousands of people. Absolutely, yeah. and, and we're lucky to have the support of of a lot of local sponsors. Um, and businesses who really support the equine industry and have been um, supporters of this event and helping it grow um, from uh, Tasca uh, Dodge Jeep Ram, American National Farm Family uh, Insurance, uh, 100 Time Equine, which will actually be our raffle sponsor. So folks who come purchase a ticket can uh, go to, to enter for great products from them. Um, Buckaroo Leather, Team Equine Saddle Pads, um, Rhinebeck Equine Vet Services. So we're really lucky to have a lot of local support in, in that. Well, good luck this weekend. It's EquusFestEast.com. EquusFestEast.com. Look, I said it. Uh, and Teresa, we appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing everybody this weekend. All right. I'm wishing good weather for you. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Well, if you can't get to New York to spend your money this weekend, go to the big warehouse clearance at statelinetac.com. You can do that from home. Do it home. In, in the safety of your own home. That's right. <laughs> After drinking wine. That's what Jamie does. She recommends that. Uh, and it is because it is a clearance, there's only one or two or three left of some of this stuff. So you're going to want to get over there as soon as possible to shop. There's up to 70% off uh, some of these items. Uh, matter of fact, I know Jennifer had her eye on one. I don't know if she spent money this morning, but she was on the sale I saw this morning. So uh, they have... Ovation and Saxon and Kensington and all kinds of different products, 1K helmets and uh, IRH helmets and Weatherbeta, just the list goes on and on. Let me see how many pages, 10 pages. So that means there's about 480 products right now in their clearance sale. So head on over to statelinetac.com. Hey, before we get into weird news, uh, Equine or Eventing Nation put out a list Uh, And I I wanted to share it with you because I thought you're you're going to come to Ocala this year. We're making you come because you haven't been here yet. You need to. They put out the 10 reasons to put Ocala on your bucket list. And a lot of people will be heading here for the winter because, you know, half the horse population now comes to Ocala. The other half goes to Wellington. So they have these 10 things. And one is watch a Saturday Night Grand Prix at the World Equestrian Center. Yes, highly recommended. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And you'll get to watch Kayla because she jumps in a lot of those. So you'll know people jumping in the Grand Prix. The food is excellent, even for vegetarians. Um, gallop on the beach at Amelia Island. Have you? Did you do that when you were? Because that's not too far from St. Pete. Or St. Yeah, uh, St. Pete. St. Augustine. St. Augustine, yeah. So I have been to trail riding on Amelia Island. Uh, they did not let you gallop back then, but I remember specifically the horses knew where they were going. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for those of you going on the cruise, and Jamie will remember this, remember on the cruises when we stopped in Nassau, we had the place that we always went. Jennifer took everybody trail riding. They came on the show a couple times. They were super nice. We even talked to them during COVID. Well, they've retired now. So no more trail riding on Nassau. And apparently that was the last stable. What I hear uh, actually is that there's a job opening. <laughs> yeah, if you Somebody want to open a stable in Nassau, you can do that. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Where do I sign up? All right. Next one. Enjoy the Gypsy Vanners at Gypsy Gold Farm. We had him on not too long ago. And uh, I pass there all the time and see the gypsies. And he gives tours there. It's a it's a very fun place to go, and the gypsies are beautiful. I've Gla- started two gypsy vanners. I might leave that one off my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take the glass bottom boat tour at Silver Spring. 
It is worth doing. It is so oh, cheesy. These boats are from the 1920s. It's a cheesy tour, but it's worth doing. And the, of course, it's springs. So every, we have a bunch of springs around here that are just crystal clear. Here's, it, so it's worth doing. Here's the thing is like about the, the ocean and going on boats. Yes, I do not like going on boats, but I do like being a part of the ocean without being a part of the ocean. You know what I mean? Like well, this is I'll a spring. Through. It's a little different. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Water. It's just yeah, water it's just, in general. Boats waves. in general. Although I don't have to yeah. Last time we took somebody on it, the motor crapped out and we ended up hitting the bank on the other side and we couldn't go anywhere. They had to come out and tow us. Oh, well, never mind. Then take that off the list. <laughs> uh, compete at the Florida Horse Park. Florida Horse Park has grown tremendously since the World Equestrian Center, ironically. Uh, they put a lot of money into it. They have polo every Saturday night. We've gone over and seen a couple of polo games. Florida Horse Park now, there's competitions there every weekend, and they do a lot of events. So maybe someday. <clears throat> now, that's the one with the eventing facility, yes. right? Yes, yep. Okay, so just so you know, I have tried to go to Ocala when I lived in Atlanta. I entered the Ocala horse trial three times, paid my money, entered, and my horse got hurt every time about three days before. Each time. Every time. I, I, it's like, I'm cursed. Okay, you, can't, you can't bring a horse to Ocala then. You're no. No. <laughs> Stay at the Equestrian Hotel. If you have $500 a night at the World Equestrian Center, you can stay at the Equestrian well, Hotel. I heard it's very nice. Yeah, well, I'll find out because if you're flying me down, that's where I'm staying. <laughs> uh, zip through the Ocala Canyons. So this is an old quarry that has filled up with water, and they have a zip line that is, I love this zip line. It is so cool. I don't know if do you have you do the zip lines? I have. I did. I, you know what? I freaking loved it. I thought it was the most fun thing ever. <laughs> You'll like this one then. This is a I fun loved one. It. This is a it fun one. It doesn't seem like something I would do, but like, it I does not actually. Like, Let's go. Standing on a little platform 80 feet up in a tree does not seem like something you would do. Now let's do it. All right. Well, we'll do that together because Jennifer won't go with me. Um, shop for a new home base. Well, there you go. We did that. You can do that, too. School to your heart's content. Yeah, you can go over to the uh, Florida Horse Park. It's open for riding, which is unlike the Kentucky Horse Park. Uh, hey, just so you know, there's a like a local uh, venting place. We've had a lot of rain this week. So I, I called and I was like, hey, um, I was hoping to get some information and see if I could bring some horses out. They, they do like a schooling. You can pay to go school. I was like, I'd like to come out and, and school. Oh, well, you can take a lesson or you have to have a trainer. And I was like, I, I, I actually live a couple miles from you. Like I, I am a trainer, so I'm happy to do, sign whatever I need to sign. Okay. Well, it's too wet now. And I was like, well, how do I sign up for it? Okay. Well, you've got to have, you know, you got to sign the release and then you have to have a vest and you have to have a helmet and you have to have a trainer. Okay. <laughs> well, I am a trainer. So I would be bringing somebody out there to school them. And I've actually been to your facility and school there before. Okay, great. I was like, so I just call this number. Yes. Call this number. Make sure you sign everything, have a helmet, have a vest and have a trainer. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, this conversation isn't going Lack very of communication well. communication here. <laughs> 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 okay, moving on. Next. I am the trainer. Let's do this Three again. Let's start I over. Three times. <laughs> I had to do customer service for something today, and it was one of those chat rooms, and I got the guy from India. Uh, we just went around and round for a half an hour, and I finally said, look, I'll call later. I'll just, look, look, I'm done. Let's just end this. <laughs> he kept asking the same questions, and I kept answering the same questions over and over. Why do you need my phone number if I had to plug it in to get to you? I, I know. Some, that should be stored somewhere. <laughs> and the final thing is, 
you have to go to Acala because that's where everybody is. And that's true. In the wintertime, that's where everybody goes. So <laughs> there are a lot of good reasons. To f- we have a lot of good restaurants now. Acala has become the hopping place now. Uh, and there's hiking and bike riding and trail riding galore. So uh, so if you haven't, don't have Ocala on your bucket list for this winter. And this uh, this spot was paid for by the Ocala Tourist Bureau. No, I yeah, wish right. it was. Actually. <laughs> I wish it had been paid for by them. Hey, uh, do we get to travel around the country today or are we sticking in Florida? Um, you know what's funny is one of these stories actually starts with this actually isn't in Florida. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Seems like Florida, but it's not. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so weird news are stories that those of you, if you're ever reading wherever you get your news and you're like, oh, that's a weird story. That's what I want. Email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Are you ready for the list of people? I am ready. April. Brooklyn, JoLynn, Delia, Clark, Laureen, Sarah, Alicia, Nicole, Lindsay, Aaron, <laughs> Allie, and Casey. I love you all. I felt bad I didn't send you one this week. Now I don't feel bad. I don't need you. <laughs> I got people. This is awesome. Now remember, I don't tell you who sent what because it's none of your business where the people get their news. <laughs> so let's start with this one. This was actually just my my hero for the day. Uh, this took place in where what a renowned eatery in the Mediterranean. Okay, it was the restaurant Gente di Mar in Golfo Arancia on the Italian island of Sardinia. That just screams money. I can't pronounce any of it. It means it's expensive. Well, this woman, bless her heart, she ordered a 170, a 200 euro lobster at a swanky restaurant. And she gets the hero of the put in it. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, you're in Sardinia. Um, she, She ordered the Catalan style lobster with linguine. However, she said to Antonio, of course, that's the guy's name who owns the restaurant. He said, I thought she was kidding. But what she did was she took the lobster from the tank. They took it. They weigh it in the kitchen. And then uh, she asked them to put it in a bucket. And she marched her happy butt right outside and dropped it right back in the ocean. <laughs> she spent $200 to throw the lobster back? Well, 200 euros is like $250. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. So she just threw it back. So she's the hero of the day. I wish I knew her name. Bless her heart. She's your soul animal right there. And Yeah. And apparently everybody watched this swim away. Like the whole restaurant walked outside and watched her because it was apparently like a drop from the, the deck down into the water. And she's like, is it going to be hurt? And no, one they got a like, shell. Nah, They're tough. It'll be fine. <laughs> so she dropped it in the water and like... It swam away and everybody cheered. <laughs> I wish I had that. She could have bought the ones out of the tank at the grocery store for like 20 bucks. Go to Red Lobster. They're like 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So this is one of my favorite stories in a long time. And it makes me think of this song, American Pie. So bye, bye, Miss American Pie. And who sang Drove that song? The to the- I did. I know your jokes. <laughs> no, who sang that song? 
Don McLean. And Don McLean is on the last Celebs with Horses you can find on your podcast oh! player. Celebs with Horses on your podcast player. You'll hear all about Don McLean and he talks about his horses and that song. Well, it makes me think of the, and the players try. Thanks for to that take uh, the setup. <laughs> the marching band refused to yield. Do you? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's why I'm singing that song. You're welcome. It's going to be stuck in your head forever. Alexa, play American Pie. No, we there can't you go. Do that. You're all going to hear it. <laughs> la, 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 okay. La, la. <laughs> okay, so it was Thursday. In Alabama. I wasn't okay. even allowed to play it on the show he was on. So. Are you really? No. I, yeah, we didn't play it. I just told everybody who's listening, I told their Alexa to yeah, play it. Yeah, your singing was not. You know, yeah. yeah. No, so no. We're going to get a violation. We're no. going to get letters for that. Okay. So Thursday night at Minor High School in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> this the game was over. Okay. The football, it's like a high school football game and the game was over, but the band for minor high school and the opposing team were still like there when the game was over and they were p- both playing music. It was like having like a little band war or something. Um, so the police who were cleaning out the stadium walk over and they asked both band directors to stop. It's, We need the students and attendees to leave the stadium. The game is over. Well, the home team band stopped playing. Um, But Johnny Mims just couldn't couldn't stop. And he tried, hey, guys, keep playing. You will keep playing. So the high school band is like still playing. They just keep playing. And the police are like, um, it's, this is over. You need to go get in your bus and go home. So he wouldn't do it. He said, keep playing kids, keep playing. Well, the officers, uh, then went up to the direct, to the band director and was like this, you're, you're, you're definitely not listening to us and we're going to take you in custody for disorderly conduct because when the police went up to him, he physically uh, attempted to push and punch the police officers. Now they're, God, I love drinking, but This is the band director? This is the band director of the high school band game. And Did he, he have a flask? Starts, <laughs> he starts yelling at the police, get out of my face! Get out of my face! Keep playing! Keep playing! And the the band kids are like, they're just playing. And then they're like, you have to go. The police, you have to go. And he says, we're fixing to go. This is our last song. No, it, it needs to end now. So what happens? The stadium lights are then turned off. Okay. <laughs> they turn off the lights and their children in the stadium still playing. Apparently, the director steps off the platform and like makes his way up to the police and there's a struggle that ensues between him and the officers. Oh They're God. trying to handcuff him. He's like, get off me, <laughs> get off me. And then in the body cam, you can say, he just hit the officer. He got to go to jail. He's swinging on the officer. Well, then uh, apparently he was out of control and yep. They tased him. They tased oh him. Oh my bro. God. The kids love me talking about that their entire lives. That the night they tased officers. the director. There's <laughs> the band director with a tase. There's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, it's called The Players Tried to Take the Field. The marching band refused to yield. Do you recall was the field the day? The music died. <laughs> he didn't die, he just got tased. Do you think he kept his job? 
I did not say it. I'm guessing that there was a suspension involved at a at a blood or a, a, a breathalyzer test when he got back to the. You uh, apparently now there are other people who are like this is too much to tase a gentleman with a stellar reputation who was <laughs> swinging at the cops <laughs> <laughs> with this little stick. Um, so if you oh wait 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 oh, wait update I've got some update uh, and. He joined a minor high school band in 2018 after teaching a high school band in Florida. (laughs) He came from Florida. It was a Florida band. (laughs) It was. I wanted to tell you, you wanted, you want entertainment this weekend to look up the documentary, I think on Netflix called the day the music died. It's about uh, that song and the making of that song and how it changed a whole generation. Cause it is one of the most popular songs in history. Um, but it's about Don McLean and how he ended up writing that song. It was, it was a whole bizarre situation. And of course the song is 25 minutes long. What song was it? Uh, oh, the, the one where they're like, and the players yes, tried yes. to take it's the, the eight field. minute one that every, that used to play when you needed a bathroom break <laughs> the march and bam, and the, on the radio. Uh, so yeah, it's an excellent documentary. Really well done. The day the music died. It's called. So go check that out. Uh, well, good. You got my got my Next plug story. in. <laughs> Next story. Move on. Again, I mentioned. Lisa thanks the, you. By the way, yeah. In the last story, I mentioned that body cams on police is mm-hmm. like. My new favorite thing. So I always love the police tweets, you know, where they put put really cheesy, ridiculous stuff. However, when they post the body cam, especially in a situation like this. Okay. So um, this is the one that they said, you guys, this is not in Florida, believe it or not. This article actually says that. And this is from thedrive.com. And a shocking twist in Indiana, man, is gunning for one of the top Florida man moments of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> We're nationwide um, now. <laughs> I would like to start out by saying drugs are bad and don't do them. Okay. So, um, there was a 51 year old man and he got pulled over on the freeway. Uh, he was on a highway and he was making his way down the road and it w- appeared as if maybe he was on something, uh, considering he was driving a power wheels Jeep. <laughs> What? Like, the little one? The like, like the toy kids one? ones. <laughs> the kids one. Like the little one. I, I, Lucas had one. You can't fit in that as an adult, but he did. That's right. Um, let's see. Uh, there's no location given for this, but it's a residential area with minimal street lights. However, he did have sticker headlights. <laughs> so... Police see this guy driving a Power Wheels thing down the road. And they, I mean, they go like two miles an hour. It's like, you know, the, the battery dies after 12 minutes. Anyway, police pull him over. They're like, excuse me. And again, this is all body cam. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I pulled you over. And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, do you have a driver's license? He's like, no, I ain't got no license. Uh, okay. Well, do you have an ID? Yeah, I got ID. And then they actually, the body cam shows them trying to, um, do you ever watch the show Reno 911? No. Oh my God. It's like a, it's like a mock co- mock cop show. And yeah, it's like a spoof, scene, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a spoof. Yeah. Well, this was that show. <laughs> He's trying to get, he's like, okay, follow my finger with the light. It's going left and right. And then he's like, walk a straight line. And literally the guy falls over over, like (laughs) twice walking this line. It is awesome. Um, And they were like, sir, have you been drinking? No, I ain't been drinking. 
I ain't been drinking. Okay. Um, it appears that you're on something. What is it that you're on? I've been drinking. It's crystal meth. Because <laughs> that's better. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. She was honest. He has uh, been booked in jail. Mm. And they do actually, the body cam is still running when they're taking him down the halls at the prison. <laughs> and he's like, how come you arrested me? No other no other cops arrested me when I was driving my car, my Jeep down the road. <laughs> He says, I've been driving this thing for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> and what's fantastic is it got towed away by a full-size tow truck. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's so fantastic. Anyway, there you go. That's the story. Oh. <laughs> that's Next. Is there another one? Uh, yeah, that's only two. Oh, only two. oh it seemed like work. It was the singing. So it was the good. singing. <laughs> yes, but these are all so good. I mean, I, I I had to I I knocked it down to four. I'm trying anyway. All right, so this one is just really fun for me to tell you about because uh, in Mesa, Arizona, there was a guy and he's like looks down to where his um hot water heater is and he's gonna do some with his hot water heater and he's like, oh, there's a snake. So he calls a snake catcher and the snake catcher that it's actually like a business called rattlesnake solutions, Mesa, Arizona, you gotta love Arizona. Uh, so, um, rattlesnake solutions comes out to take care of the snake that is in his, uh, wrapped around his water heater. And, uh, mm, there wasn't one, there was 20 and one was pregnant. <laughs> There's 20 rattlesnakes diamondback rattlers in his hot water heater like surrounding i would move (laughs) i'd burn the house down and move i'd just call the fire department just go (laughs) to jail i don't care just is on fire at least they have snakes in jail i'd move (laughs) they did use tongs to pick up each snake before dropping them into a large yeah but you know how many baby snakes have there's little babies floating around that you don't even see yeah yeah, they I'm found not it. hanging around that house. I'm selling it. The big one was at least three to four feet long. It's fine. I'm moving into the hotel at the World Question Center. I'm done. <laughs> huh? I'm out of here. Oh, my God. What would you do? Yeah, I know. I'd burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> okay, auditors, let us know. How many are hanging around if they find 20 snakes in your water heater? Yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to light the pilot light ever again. <laughs> Sushi. <laughs> Okay, this one just kind of, I mean, it ends up like nobody seriously injured, but like somebody got hurt. And it's most likely the woman who uh, went to a, let's see, there's so much to this story. It's hard to break down. Okay, so there's Bob's Service Center in Hartford. This is White River Junction. I don't know where that is. It's just Hartford, White River Junction, you can Google it. So uh, there's Bob's Service Center on Ballard Vale Drive. And um, people were in the service center. And immediately from the back, really quickly, a woman runs into Bob's Service Center and runs through Bob's Service Center and jumps into a 
person's car that is right outside and apparently his key fob, he was standing right outside the vehicle. So his key fob locked, locked, turned the car on and she took off. What's unique about this? She was naked. So she's naked and she ran through Bob's service center. They said she did not seem to be like with it. Okay, so this is 8.30 in the morning. She's naked running around Bob's service center. Uh, and then a short time later, employees at Jasmine Auto Body were caught off guard when that naked woman also entered her, their shop. Uh, no, this is where she found the keyless ignition key fob thing and took off. Okay, so she drives um, away stealing somebody's car. She drove through the garage, accelerated into the parking lot, nearly hitting an employee. Then she stops the car. She shifts into reverse backs directly into three other cars before she hops on route five towards I-91. They said it was like a pinball machine. She just hit a car, backed up, hit another car, backed up, hit another car. Finally, she got free of the parking lot and she was gone. And it all happened within one minute. Reminder, she's naked okay so then <laughs> she goes down uh and was this somehow I, I, I missed that part was this i told you to look it up because uh <laughs> the hartford uh i don't yeah. know where it's Val- white just... river junction yeah. <laughs> it seems like it could be okay so apparently she uh on the highway uh, she made it to i-91 where then she crashed Boom! Into a cement truck. Okay. Uh, And the car that she was in overturned. Um, Well, crews made their way to the scene, but suddenly a naked woman jumps from I-91 onto the overpass. And then she jumps off the overpass, trying to land on a moving vehicle that is driving underneath the overpass. Apparently caused significant traffic disruption when the naked lady did not make it to the car. She did not die. She did not get hit by a car. She was hurt and she was taken to the thing. But what? Drugs are bad. Let me just reiterate. Drugs are bad. And if you see a naked lady, keep your key fob away. <laughs> she's going to steal your car. I can't even, I don't even know where to begin with this story. Um, well, she, again, non, non-life-threatening non injuries. She was caught and taken to police. And um, they're saying she was <clears throat> undergoing a mental health crisis. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I lo- <laughs> tried to look it up, but then this story popped up from just uh, July 26th in California. A naked oh. woman in California got out of her car in one of the nation's busiest bridges and began firing a gun. She was on the Oakland Bay Bridge. Uh, She just hopped out naked. Uh, And there's video, by the way. Of course, there's video. (laughs) A driver called 911 to report that another driver had brandished a gun at them on the I-80 span, which crosses the San Francisco Bay. Uh, The woman then stopped in the middle of her lane, got out of her car with a knife, and began yelling at other drivers. She then got back in her car and continued driving to Oakland, but stopped again at a toll plaza, exited the car, this time with a gun. And started firing in the air. Well, that wasn't this one. Um, <laughs> Just, what is it with naked ladies and drunk cars and things? I'm <laughs> telling you, if you see a naked lady, you need to run because she's up to no good. Well, yeah, and this one was also placed on a mental health hold, so I think they're related. Um, what, there is a White River Junction, Vermont, so it, oh. she was probably freezing. <laughs> it's, it's like getting cold up there right now. Yeah. <laughs> one more. 
Uh, no, that's enough. That was enough. I'm okay. done. <laughs> I'm done. We're going to end on naked ladies today. Naked ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks to everybody for sending in April, Brooklyn, Jolyn, Delia, Clark, Laureen, Sarah, Alicia, Nicole, uh, Al- Lindsay, Aaron, Allie, Casey. Oh, by the way, all of you that sent me the story about the missing F-35, I checked with my husband. Um, there's a an F-35 that disappeared when the pilot they did find inj- it, ejected. Though. They did? Yes, they found it. I didn't it. have the update. Where they was found it, it? in the it woods in the of river? South Carolina. Oh, no way. It was in See? a lot of pieces. How much trouble that dude in? Well, why did he have to eject? I don't and know. Chad, we, they weren't she, saying. <laughs> Chad goes, well... There's a lot of computers in that thing. <laughs> I bet you too that uh, that uh, there's going to be a lot of meetings. He's going to be sitting in a lot of meetings, a lot of debriefings uh, about that little thirty-five million dollar jet lost, and it didn't hurt anybody on the way down, so that was good. Oh, the F-16s are thirty-five, forty million. This one's a hundred million. So oh, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> that comes out of his paycheck. Uh, <laughs> Glad they found it, though. Yeah, they did find it in pieces, a lot of pieces, apparently. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Thank you for. Oh, where do they send her for next week if they want to send you? Uh, if you see a weird news story, send it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And if you want to do an ad for Friday's Really Bad Ad, send it to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Tomorrow we have the Equine Affair episode for you, and we have a we recorded already a lot of cool guests for that show, so tune in. Equine Affair in Massachusetts is coming up in two months. I can't believe that's the big one. That's the one everybody goes to to shop for Christmas. And I'm happy to report that Radiothon is happening this year for sure. I haven't even talked to you what? about it yet. Yes, we got all the prizes. I got all the sales. I uh, got all the sponsors sold at uh, in Dallas. So we're good to go. Um, so I'll be talking to you about that very shortly. It is video and audio this year, but only no. six hours. Only six hours. No. Yes, you're going to be in your it. finest Christmas sweater. You'll no. be fine. You can, you're good. You're fine. You look wonderful. You're so beautiful. You need to show it off. Shut up. And we will be back <laughs> for the Auditor Post Show in just a minute so Jamie can yell at me. All right, Spainer Guild. Christmas sweater. Christmas hat. No. Elf ears. <laughs> no, definitely not. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So, auditors, hey, like. I know what to talk about. What? The reason that I had to call you the other day, multiple amount of times. Do you really want to talk about that here? How often do your families listen? Tell tell <laughs> tell about Dave Jackson and what he says on his so, recent podcast. So so this was just happened the day Jamie called me. I was listening to this, and uh, Dave got a question from one of his podcasters that said that was saying my family never listens to my show. What am I going to do? My friends don't listen either, and. We've learned after doing 3,000 episodes that that is very true. Friends and family will not listen to your show. No. It drives me insane when our family contacts us and says, we never hear from you. I don't know what's going on with you guys. And I'm like, I am on five days a week. You can listen to the show and know exactly what's happening in our lives. Just turn on the podcast player and you know exactly. I get it why they don't. I mean, I get it why they don't. And and people, you know, I used to always say that no, when I was on the radio in Atlanta, nobody ever called. Like I would leave and not have any friends and nobody would ever call me. And I feel like it's because they feel like they're around me all the time. And I always tell people that I know 
don't listen to my show because if you know me and you listen, it's too much me. It's too much me for me. I don't listen. So anyway, that's why I tell people not to listen. So Dave Jackson, the podcast guru says your families are never going to listen. Never going to listen. So ever. when I can talk shit about my family, I can usually fe feel fairly confident that it's okay because nobody's going to hear it. So the other day I talked about my this brother, was a brief one minute conversation. I mean, just real quick, 30 seconds. Real quick. Daily Winnie, it was like how all these people woke me up and kept me up all night. And Glenn said, Oh, and said, My brother called me at one o'clock in the morning. And then Glenn's like, Oh, is he drunk? You know? I, I, I said, like, There must probably. have been alcohol involved because anybody that's ever called me at one in the morning, there was alcohol involved. That was a general statement, not less about your brother. Yes. Well, I'm dealing with some stuff with my mom, uh, still have been. And my, so that was my twin brother that called me. Yes, I have a twin and he's six feet tall with blonde hair and blue eyes. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so he's. So, I see so my, pictures of him and I'm going, there's no, it's not. Yeah. There was a mix-up. <laughs> well, my friend Larissa met both my brothers. And uh, my older brother and I look alike. My twin brother we don't look anything alike. I think alike. there was and a so, mix up at the hospital, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like so she she'll say things like, um, "She's like, are you talking about the brother that looks like you, or like the homeless looking brother?" <laughs> I'm like the homeless one. So the homeless looking brother called me at one in the morning when he'd probably been drinking, talking, whatever, and and woke me up anyway. Uh, so the next day, I'm dealing with some stuff with my mom, and my mom is with my other brother, the one who looks like me, and so I call him. And he's driving my mom from Atlanta down to her new house in Florida. Okay. So they're driving and my brother answers the phone. And again, my mom is like, she's got all the time. She's all the things and, and she's not with it, you know, and, and anyway, so my brother answers the phone. This is post show. So I can say what he said. And I was like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, you better tell everybody I wasn't the fucking brother that called you. <laughs> I was like, what? What'd you say? What'd because you we say? also forget say? by the end of the show what we even talked about. Uh, I go, I go, oh, how do you know about that? He's like, because I'm in the car with mom and I thought it'd make her feel good to hear your voice. So we put on your podcast and you're talking shit about your brothers. <laughs> Now, mind you, this brother has dealt with me for 15 years doing radio in Atlanta, where I literally would talk shit about them, like, and everybody would hear it, including their friends, you know, and them. Uh, so he's he's quite over the whole thing. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like, turn on your podcast. What is this? You're just talking shit about us again. I was like, oh, that wasn't good. Sorry. I, I was like, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. So it's a post show. So now I can say it was a homeless brother, not the one that looked like me. The homeless looking one. Oh. <laughs> I heard from Jamie about four times that day, and she never calls me ever. <laughs> no. And then I can't when she does that, when she does that, then I'm going, oh, God, she broke something. She's in the hospital. You know, I always go to the worst place because she never calls me. I know. And you Why had, you had a line of them that day. <laughs> I did. I think I called you three times in one day. You did. Ever like, happened. And every time like, I, I cringe every time I see she's calling, but I always answer because it's like, I got to get the bad news out of the way. I just <laughs> just go for it. Just yeah. take it. Rip the scab off. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean. You're my scab. Yeah. I'll rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, uh, you're calling me. <laughs> I know. I wanted you to know it's okay. I'm here. I can call you without being in a hospital room. It's usually just some shenanigans going oh, on. Oh, when it's really bad though over the years is when Chad's called me. When Chad calls me, then it's, it's <gasps> when not he good. called you? I think one time when you were hurt. Oh. He has my phone number. Yeah. We do text occasionally. I'm trying to remember which time. I it must have been when you were you must have been in the hospital or something. It was you had gotten hurt doing something and you weren't gonna be able to make the show. That's probably uh, what it was. Well, I'm not allowed to move hay anymore because I tore um my sternum cartilage. <laughs> so I, now you got your shoulders fine. bad. I know and then I got bucked off and landed on my arm, thought I broke my arm. I'm like, which time did he call you? Was it the <laughs> surgery? I, I don't know. <laughs> But what's really fun is I don't have to unload hay anymore. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, there are certain things as you get older you just shouldn't do anymore. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You should hire people to do. It's funny because our we have a push mower because we have a very big yard. And, you know, I kind of like put mowing the lawn, but it died. You know, it just stopped working after 10 years. So I had to bring it in and get it fixed. And I had to call the lawn people to come out. And I've rather enjoyed the lawn people coming out. You know, I don't even mind paying them. It's like the lawn magically gets done, weed whacked, all that stuff. It's this is nice. This is I how got, rich people live. I am. Um, I got to tell you that one of Chad's friends he plays golf with, his wife just started a house cleaning business, and he's like, "I really feel like we should support her." And I was like, "Yes, yes. we should." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I think that it's the right only because it's do a friend. Otherwise, to I support can do it. her yeah. new business." And let me tell you, this shit is awesome. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it could be like this. Well, you have a big house too. It's I mean, so one nice. our size is one thing. One your size is a different thing. It's so nice. And she charges by the hour. And I'm like, if I, I like, so I freak out clean before she comes. So she can really clean, not just move piles of shit around. Okay. But I want to awesome. know from the auditors, those, I know a lot of the auditors out there probably have house cleaners. Do you clean the house? Because I, I was busting Jamie's chops pretty heavy about this the other day. Do you clean the house before the cleaning person comes? I want to know. Post it in the well, auditor room. If you leave a bunch of crap on the counter, they're moving that crap around instead of like, I don't know, cleaning baseboards. Now, is this you know? lady really a, like a deep cleaner lady? Oh, God. And so apparently she started it because she, I told, I think I told you this. She She's like really anal about cleaning. And she's had an office job for a long time and she was getting tired of it. And she like loves cleaning because that's what she does. She's like Monica on Friends. Clean. So. She had recently God, married. I'm we glad went there's the, people like that in the world. <laughs> I know. We went to their wedding and like she gets married to this guy and they move in together. And he's like, one of his things was, you like it so clean. You want this house to look like nobody even lives here. And she's like, now you get it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> she wants to, to. So, yes, she is anal and clean, clean, uh, all the all the things, all the things. It's so clean because I don't know how to do that. I wasn't taught how to. Like, I'm just not good at that. I can clean a barn. I can get cobwebs down, but I can't, like, I don't know how to do domestic things. I'm just not good at it. I, I can't. I can muck a stall, like, you know, with my eyes closed, but don't ask me to, like, know how to get all the funk off of the shower door. I don't know. <laughs> so is your house, like, cleanest as ever been? Is Chad in heaven? <sighs> It's it's awesome. And here's the but here's the problem because Homer used to be able to come in. He was the only dog that's allowed in the house. And now he's like, We can't have Homer in here, it's too clean. I'm like, She's coming back. <laughs> so we just fight over the dog coming in the house. <laughs> How's the emotion. new one working out? You got a new 
one. How's that one? I did. He got neutered last week. Mm -hmm. He didn't even notice, whatever. Uh, So as angelic and perfect and well-trained as Homer is like he, I got him at six weeks old. He knows a million tricks for a Bassadown. That's pretty good. He's really, really, yeah, they're not known for their tricks. (laughs) No. And they're not known for potty. He's like super potty, but I worked really hard on training my puppy. This puppy, I did not get till it was seven months old and he's a fucking demon. (laughs) (laughs) He's real sweet. And he comes when you call him. That is his one redeeming quality is he comes a running, but like he chews everything. He's like super right. He howls, he bars, you know, Homer is like little perfect angel. And then there's this one, Jamie, Uh, you know, we, we talk about in this show and we're doing the auditors here. So we have this saying that we came up with years ago. Uh, When we're doing an interview, one of us always seem to ask one question too many. And it was like, oh, I shouldn't ask that because we it, just it, talked about it this, elicited yeah. a five minute answer, right? Well, Jamie got one dog too many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, I lost a dog, and so it made sense to have a dog, you know, fill the hole. Actually, we got the puppy before we lost uh, Zinny. So it was like, you know, okay, kind there of really like- wasn't a hole. You already had dogs. Listen, don't you fucking judge me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just observing. Do you know my 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 sister in law? They got a second dog, and somebody said, "Why did you get another dog?" And she's like, "You know why? Because I wanted it." Okay, <laughs> and I was like, "That's my answer now." Why'd you get? I just oh, got there's going to be people horse. commenting why did you get another horse about because me I saying wanted that it. Who have twelve? You know, so yeah, yeah. I have. I am down to a very manageable four, and I would probably have eight. Actually, I couldn't couldn't imagine having four dogs. I just couldn't. We've we've never had, well, we've only mostly had one. We've had two at times. I couldn't imagine having four. I just couldn't even imagine. But it's like my little crew, man. I jump on the ranger, so does everybody. Three are basset hounds, and so they all, I was like, I drive around on the ranger with three hound dogs. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Uh, And then there's Danny, the border collie mix, who just, they follow me everywhere. Well, Not true. The basset hounds follow me everywhere. Danny only goes where Chad is. And I'm like, (laughs) it's just not fair. I feed that dog. I take care of that dog. I do everything for that dog. I let the dog out in the morning, do all the things. And I'll be like, "Mm." people come down the barn. Where's Danny? I'm like, Chad's home. She's up in the house with him. Chad has to have one animal out of your thousand. He's not even an animal person. He was like, I didn't realize how loyal Danny is to me till you mentioned it. I'm like, you didn't mean you didn't notice the dog following you around <laughs> everywhere for eight years. <laughs> All right. We have okay. to call this a day. Um, yeah. Thank you auditors uh, for listening. We really appreciate you listening to our nonsense at the end of the show. Thank you for all the support you've given all of us here. Uh, I've gotten a lot of emails and everything. So we appreciate your support. And we're... I actually am about to attempt to take miles on his first ever road trip here in a minute. So wish me luck. Oh, good luck on your nice brand new worm flooring. Yeah. So nice. Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.